everyone, no calls this week, but we do have a question that came in via email. Hey, my name is Ashley, and I'm from Philly. Hey, Ashley. Hello. <laughs> I was wondering if you guys had a movie that you absolutely loved when it was first released that everyone else seemed to hate, and years later, everyone started loving it and kind of made you want to say, I told y'all. <laughs> Mine was Jennifer's Body and Scream 4. High school me was fighting for my life defending those movies. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> We're Love happy it. to see that you survived, Ashley. <laughs> she came out victorious. Yeah. Uh, Megan, what do you think to this one? I actually have an answer. I'm not pawning it off. I do have an answer. I'm just not going to be that version of John. Where I'm like, I have an answer. I'm going to answer first. Oh, I'm proud of you. Good job, Peggy. That's growth. Yeah, I'm very chivalrous. Um, <laughs> uh, mine... I, first of all, I love Ashley's picks because I feel like I was also on board with those from the beginning also. Uh, mm-hmm. So I probably would have been fighting that high school with her. Um, but 2005's House of Wax, that yes. was one that I loved from the get-go. And I feel like now people are on board. I was mm-hmm. there. I was in that theater eating ice cream, wondering where everybody <laughs> else was. Well, because it was Paris Hilton. I think that I think the blowback from it was Paris Hilton's involvement. But you know what's crazy with that movie? Her character was probably one of the smartest characters to me. Yeah. At least she in did what she, yeah, exactly. She did what she was supposed to do, but it like yeah, it was all of the reality. T- I don't even know anymore. I was not in tune with with yeah, the the drama then. I just I showed up for Dark Castle movies and it mm. delivered. So it, that was that was great. Nice. How about you, Zena? Oh, my gosh. This is like the story of my life. I love this question so much. And I have a very, very lengthy list. And I'm going to tell you all of them, but I'll just give you a few. Okay. So um, first up, The Fog from 2005. I'm a big fan of the original one, but Mm. I don't care. I like the 2005 version. I think that it's fun. I love the soundtrack. Okay, it's a good time seeing those creepy people. And then I'm also going to say Detention from 2011 because I'm meeting more people now who's like, oh, yeah, it's great. And it's just like, no, (laughs) no. Where were you? Where were you? You know, and also, too, because I I have to mention this one as well. See No Evil. I remember when it came out Mm. back then. I was so into it. I thought it was so cool the way it was shot, like the close ups when they introduced like the characters. And I remember everybody at the time, at least people I was coming across, they hate it. Now I've been meeting some people. Yeah, it's really classic. Oh, shut up. Okay. Well, I don't say that. <laughs> I don't say that. I just say that in my mind. And yeah. then just the, I guess for now, just the last one, I'm going to go with Vampire in Brooklyn. That one makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. I remember watching it as a kid and I was like really into it. And I remember I was just, you know, some little girl running around. Right. And I remember meeting people, even when I was like a teenager, they didn't really care about the movie. But now, though, I feel like more people know, like, hey, this is kind of ridiculous. Like, I thought that people would have thought so with Eddie Murphy's wig, but I don't know. But yeah, it's it's a yeah. really good time. But yeah, I can I can keep going, but I'll just stop right there. You just get like a little little slippet. Aww. You know, and with, uh, well, like the list of examples that you could keep going on about, I really hope filmmakers get some sort of, um, I don't know the right word uh, for it. Like if, if their works originally panned and then it later becomes a cult classic, I hope that there's something that the filmmakers get from that. Mm-hmm. Like that they didn't get hurt from that initial panning or audiences not liking it. And then they'd be like, oh no, people love my movie now. Or uh, they, they see now what I wish they'd seen in the first, something so that it didn't just like break them. Uh, you know? Yeah, I hope, I hope so, so 
but you every once in a while you'll see something that you're like oh man that hurts you know like john carpenter you know with the reappraisal yeah. of a lot of his movies like well what good yeah. does that do me now or mm-hmm. uh fred yeah. decker with night uh, no not night of the creeps maybe that too but like in the monster squad documentary yeah. he was like what is happening like what okay this is nice but where was everybody then you know yeah i'm sure it's it's got to be brutal for yeah. creators to be like, all right, here's this thing you put out in the world, and it's either the sounds of critics or crickets or booze. Yeah. And then people come back, and you're like, well, yeah, that's cool. You like it now, but yeah, it really hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same thing, even with shows, too, you know, and yeah. I'm kind of yeah. guilty of this as well. Like, sometimes, like, I remember there was this, um, well, without going into detail, there's been a couple of shows like on Netflix where it's like, I didn't watch it right away when mm-hmm. it first came out and then that kind of hurt the show and then it was can't not saying my one little view would have helped i don't know you know so that yeah. kind of like sucks thinking about that yeah um and i didn't forget i'm not just buying time i just you had an answer we believe you i did <laughs> i had an answer the whole time and it it was and is as above so below mm-hmm. i love that i one too. i think it holds up the first time i saw it I thought it was great. It's amazingly claustrophobic. I like the storytelling. Like, yeah, there's plenty, there's plot holes in it that I don't really care about. Um, But it was just a really good found footage movie with Mm -hmm. some true uncomfortable moments. And I saw the reviews on like IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. And I was like, what movie did you watch? Why, why did you think this was bad? Yeah. I think that that was, and I don't remember the marketing on it at all, but I do remember going into it thinking it was going to be scary and it was more like Indiana Jones. In. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I think having to recalibrate my thoughts on that, because like going in with your expectations, you think found footage and found footage is primarily going for scares and this one is mm-hmm. adventure. So I think that's where that kind of derailed I could see that. Speaking of derailed, welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast. Everyone, the podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to help us discuss the disgusting, you know her as the movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Howdy. And you know her from YouTube channel and website Real Queen of Horror and her infinite love for the genre. Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hey. Hey. And I'm John. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to do a quick round the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile too. So, Megan, what's been filling your heart this week? Stuffing things. Uh, Yay! <laughs> that's it. Have a good week. No, um, <laughs> I, I checked out Missing, which is not oh. horror per se, but it is very suspenseful thriller with some very creepy moments. Um, this came out earlier this year in theaters. I rented it on VOD. And uh, plot-wise, it's uh, a girl, Storm Reed. She was in a very excellent episode of The Last of Us, as well oh, as the yes. teen daughter in The Invisible Man. So she's great. Uh, but she plays the central character in this. Uh, she stays home while her mother goes to Columbia on vacation with her boyfriend slash fiance but never comes home so she is trying to figure out what happened to her mother and it just unfurls this crazy um very twisty screen life thriller because all of this is done this is um 
produced by Timur Bekmembetov, um, who is very great at doing all of these kind of tech savvy thrillers like Hardcore Henry. Uh, before that, he directed. Oh, he did Hardcore Henry. Okay. Well, he produced nice. it. He didn't direct it, but um, ah. yeah, but he did direct. I don't know if you remember Daywatch, the the Russian one mm-hmm. with like the vampire. Yeah, I love that one. Um, oh yeah, it's a good time. An Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter. So he directed those, but he's he's really great at producing. Uh, screen life thrillers and and things that involve technology. So um, yeah, this was a lot of fun. I I I cannot remember the name of the other one that had John Cho that was similar, but I thought this was a lot better. It was definitely more intense. A lot of a lot of suspense. There is some definitely creepy scenes. Um, but yeah, it's really it's really interesting what you can do and how much suspense you can wring off of something that's just going through emails and FaceTiming and WhatsApp <laughs> and, and it'd still be like this very coherent thriller. So it was a lot of fun. I liked it. Um, and then I watched a movie on Tubi called Spellbinder. This came out in 1988, starring uh, Kelly Preston and Tim Daly. And this one is uh, Tim La- Tim Daly stars as a young lawyer who encounters this woman basically being abused by her boyfriend in a parking lot. And he just it's just love at first sight for this guy. And uh, he takes her home and turns out she was part of a cult and they want her back. God damn it. Yeah. It happens all the time. It happens all the time. Um, It's kind of funny because just how smitten he is with this woman. You don't know her. You just rescued her from a parking lot. Why are you taking her home like a stray? Bad things happen. (laughs) Don't do it. Um, It's kind of horror light, honestly. Like, I think I got a good chunk of the way through and had to question like is this really horror and then a cultist pops up and sets somebody on fire with his mind and i'm like okay it's horror (laughs) um but yeah it is very like what if satanists uh cause problems for your romantic life so it's very 80s it's very hokey uh very horror light but it's 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 still entertaining kelly preston's in it right she's the lead yeah she she is the lead she is the witchy woman yeah, but she's very pretty, so, you know. <laughs> you know, she is, I, he has, you know, he, he loves the hot ladies. He, he Yeah, so well maybe there. there's a reason why he took her home. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. I started things off by watching 1984's The Company of Wolves on Shudder, which was Megan's pick. A teenage girl in a country manor falls asleep while reading a magazine and has a disturbing dream involving wolves prowling the woods below her bedroom window. All right, Megan, why this one? Because werewolves are the bee's knees. And (laughs) I needed you to get on its level. No, I just, I really like werewolf movies in general. And I really like how this gave a horror twist a very dreamlike horror twist to a fairy classic fairy tale um plus who doesn't need to see angela lansbury in a werewolf movie who doesn't need to see angela lansbury's plaster head explode or crack against the wall i was so confused by that part (laughs) i i was confused during most of the movie to be honest um partially because when I started, I wasn't focused on what was happening. Mm. So all of a sudden it went from present time, 1984 to flashback, but it wasn't flashback cause it was story, but within the story there's flashback and within the flashback, there's a, a story or made up. So there, there's, I'm sure the timeline exists, but I'm I'll bet it's a lot like what, 
trying to figure out the Halloween timeline. It's a fever dream um, movie. Yeah. And that's kind of how I decided to watch it. So the big thing for me, which I'm sure for everyone, is the creature effects. I I was genuinely impressed by it. Like American Werewolf in London level, like, holy crap, like this, these transformation scenes are way better than I was expecting. I was expecting like fades. He's got a little more hair. He's got a little more hair on his face. Ah, he's a wolf now. No. Not elongated snouts popping out of mouths and tearing skin and the the effect there's a one particular effect where the wolf head turns into a human head in a bucket which is a, a awesome effect how they kind of didn't i don't even know how they did it in slow motion the way they did it um yeah the story itself i was largely confused it felt more at just allegorical to basically as angela lansbury says in the in the parts where she narrates the stories that men suck and we all <laughs> I like your we want to succinct. Yeah. You just we just condense that in, into the finest yeah. point possible here. I mean, to elaborate a little bit more, her concept is largely like men just want to go to bed with you, and once they've done that, they don't care about you anymore. She's very adamant about that point through most of the movie, and then it gets uh, mirrored by some of the characters, like that little shit who follows her into the woods. And I'm just I hate <laughs> that little boy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it was you're right. I think looking through it in in the the lens of it being like a fever dream mm -hmm. is the way to view it because it's the story i was like i i don't really know i don't know if the thing i'm watching right now is a story a hallucination a flashback it's uh or it's confused it was it confused me yeah at least but it, it is showing and, her sleeping these are her dreams she's yeah yeah coming coming of age here because she's dreaming and then within the dream they start telling a story as i was like wow we're going inception levels on this one to figure out what's happening so but again amazing creature effects um pretty impressive cast if you if you see like terrence stamp showing up and like just like the the, the number of actors that are appearing in it so i can honestly say i never would have watched this on my own and i'm glad that i've seen it because i do love me some practicals so and hopefully werewolves no and yeah, you know, I'm still lukewarm on werewolves. Oh what? man, I know. I'm. I just am. Um, I, I, I still haven't really seen that werewolf movie. That's really like yes, like this is the monster, like this is the portrayal that I want to see for this monster. Um, yeah, that, I'm not there. That is a oh. challenge. We're putting out yeah. this this challenge into the ether. Some werewolf movie. Make John say werewolves are the bee's knees. I don't like this challenge. <laughs> I don't want to keep watching them. Aww. I will. I will. Eventually, uh, eventually I'll find one. Like, like I was entertained enough by like Wolf Cop. Like I, I like stuff like that. I like that more mm -hmm. tongue in cheek almost sort of things. Uh, speaking of t tongue in cheek, I then watched 2022's Sorry About the Demon, which was a Xena pick, which I watched on Shudder. A young man struggling with a broken heart moves into a new house, only discover that this new house is haunted with a demon. Except this demon thinks he's a loser and doesn't want his soul. <laughs> All right, Zena, why this one? Um, because I like the director. Um, and also it's just silly, gooey fun. E yes. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> I, I honestly wasn't sure. I, I I had heard the title before. I didn't watch the trailer. I didn't know anything going into it. And at first you're like, God, this guy sucks. 
Like what? Just come on, dude. Like it's girl. Like I know that where you're at in your life, you're not super happy, and but come on. Like she gave you a chance, and then you just let her. Ah, loser. <laughs> but I did. I really. And the family that originally lives in the house he moves into is just the worst. Literally, yeah. They're so terrible. And you're just like, I want bad things to happen to these people. <laughs> and it, it was it was a really interesting comedic tone. Mm-hmm. Because it was not the sorts of gags or goofs that you would see in a comedy possession haunted house type movie. Like the way the lead actor portrayed it, like. Kind of like, uh, all right, this is what I got. I don't have any other options. I uh, I got nowhere else to go. And still kind of being a bad person, too. Just not just not good. At, he's not a bad person. He's just not good at being a good person, mm-hmm. <laughs> necessarily. And the people he's surrounded with, etc. And I just love the concept that he went there, the purpose of more or less a demon possessing him. And the demon's like, no, we don't want you. <laughs> I've never heard that Me in a movie neither. or book before. And that's amazing <laughs> that the demon just like, no. That's how you know he was really that bad. You're that bad when a demon doesn't <laughs> want you. So like that in itself, like if that was the pitch line, like what happens when not even a demon wants your soul? I will watch the hell out of that movie 10 times out of 10. Uh, and, and it was, it was a lot funnier than I expected um, with some of the gigs and, Little twists, like nothing major, but it, yeah, just a good, fun watch. Totally recommend this and easy enough to find on Shutter. So thanks for that one, Zena. Awesome sauce. So what did you watch? So I checked out uh, first up this movie called All American Murder from 1991 yeah. on Tubi. Oh, you seen it, John? <laughs> yeah, I talked about it like a year. This is the only movie that I bought on Vinegar Syndrome. Wow. Oh, okay. It's also one of my favorite all-time Christopher Walken performances. He he's amazing. Like, wow. Okay. So, yeah, basically, uh there's this detective who is um he's investigating this case because um a girl is murdered, you know, and then there's murders happening on campus. So, yeah, even though it's labeled as a thriller, it does have like a hint of jollo and there's some sleaze and there's humor, but I don't know if the humor is intended. You know, I really like the characters. I feel like it has like a very nice vibe, you know, mm. um, to it. There's just something really easy breezy about it. You know, it's an, like an enjoyable watch, even though I know it's like, oh, people are getting murdered. But it, there's just something about it. The Jallo is totally like I suddenly thought of it like watching Malignant. Mm-hmm. And that not it's not the same movie, but right. I feel that same vibe in that sort of homage style. To yeah. It. Like the the killers wearing like black gloves, the trench coat, stalking people, and then pinning all the murders on this guy. And obviously, this is it's literally in the synopsis, so this is not a spoiler or anything like that. But yeah, I I really really enjoyed it. So it's like even with the leading character Artie, like you you feel for him because his dad is a judge. So if he whenever he gets in trouble, his father is able just to like get him out of trouble, no problem. But then, you know, he's trying to, you know, start over. He's turning over a whole new leaf because he meets this girl named Tally. She's pretty. She's popular. Everybody loves her on campus. And um, someone murders her. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. Right? <laughs> yeah. So it's it's really horrible. They start dating and it's like, you know, you just want to see him win. And um, yeah, but then people, they see him at the crime scene. And so they just assume that it was him. And then every single time a body turns up, he's always there. So um, I have to be honest, when I was watching this, 
I guessed wrong who the killer was like a couple of mm. times. Like I, it just went over my head and it's just like, it was like truly a shocking moment where I like screamed. What I love that for me. I love when that happens because it was like a really nice surprise. But yeah, if you, um, if you love like murder mysteries and stuff like that, you can check this one out. Again, it's on Tubi. I'm sure it's streaming some other places as well. Then I uh, checked out the offering from 2022 on um, Apple TV. So in the wake of a young Jewish girl, Jewish girl's uh, disappearance, the son of a funeral director returns home with his pregnant wife in hopes of recounseling with his father. Little do they know beneath them in the family morgue and ancient evil um, with sinister plans has plans for like their unborn child. And okay, I already knew that I was going to like this one because I love movies when they take place in funeral homes. Um, it's just, there's just always something really creepy about it. And I'm not going to lie when it comes to like the storyline, this is very familiar. We've seen some of it before, but I just still feel like it's really well crafted. I love the pacing, you know, of it as well. And there's a couple of, um, there's a lot of jump scares, but there's a couple of them that did surprise me. And I think the cool thing when it comes with this demon, which we've seen it before, but just witnessing it on screen, because this is a, it's an indie movie, Mm -hmm. um, this demon can like shape shift into like take form of dead people. And it's just kind of like, it could just be anybody. And it stuff is happening in broad daylight, which I always appreciate. Mm. And mm-hmm. it still has like that creepy vibe. So yeah, I checked it out. Really enjoyed it. Um, if you are looking for something to check out that gives you some creepy feelings, I recommend this one. We love creepy feelings. We do. We do. All right. Before we move on, what did we watch and how did we watch it? Did I go first? What is today? Uh, I watched Missing on VO Day and Spellbinder on Tubi. I watched The Company of Wolves on Shudder and Sorry About the Demon also on Shudder. I checked out All American Murder um, on Tubi and the, I was going to say in the American, no, in the offering on Apple TV. All right. Before we move on, I need homework, but I only need one. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, so one of you is off the hook unless you pick the thing that I was going to watch for next week. Should I tell you what I'm going to watch for next week? Yes. Well, because I spent a lot of time on Shutter this week, I saw that a movie popped up, and maybe it's been on there, but I just noticed it, and it's the remake of Slumber Party Massacre. Oh, that yeah. That I'm going to have to nice. watch. Nice, okay. So who want, who who's ready for the other one? can go because this week i wanted you to spend money so um she can go you know (laughs) i'll spend money next week Mm -hmm. (laughs) all right megan okay well you didn't like werewolves boo so maybe you like (laughs) vampires uh like vampires have you seen blood relatives yet nope brand new to me all righty blood relatives blood oh and that's on shutter too correct Mm mm-hmm Man, nothing but shudder for me lately. Works for me. All right, enough about what we've been watching this week. It's ever Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's going on, Megan? Are you ready to survive five nights this Halloween? <laughs> Always. Always? Well, that's good, because Universal Pictures will release Blumhouse's Five Nights at Freddy's in theaters on Friday, October 27th. And if you don't feel like going to theaters on Halloween weekend or this is probably Halloween weekend, I mean, 
close enough. Yeah. It's close enough. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But Everyone's going to do parties then. There you go. <laughs> well, if you feel like you need to stay home and make it the centerpiece of your Halloween party, good news, because it's also going to premiere day and date with uh, Theatrical on Peacock. So you have a choice. You can watch oh, it on yeah. Peacock or you can go to theaters. Um, the official plot synopsis re- reads that uh, this is about a troubled security guard who begins working at Freddy's. Freddy Fazbear's Pizza. While spending his first night on the job, he realizes the night shift at Freddy's won't be so easy to make it through. So that's the official synopsis, which should not surprise anybody familiar with the games. Uh, it is directed by Emma Tammy, written by Scott Cawthorn, Emma Tammy, and Seth Cudback. Uh, the film stars Matthew Lillard, Josh Hutcherson, Elizabeth Lale, Kat Connor Sterling, uh, Mary Stuart Masterson, and Jim Henson's Creature Shop is handling the iconic monster animatronics. This announced... Oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, Ooh, that makes me happy. Yeah, it should. It should, because that's a very important part here. <laughs> uh, the yeah. announcement for this came with a first-look image, so you can kind of see the uh, one of the animatronics animatronic creatures it's not it's it's too too minimal of a tease to get a full sense of like the magic i'm sure they're going to bring to this but it's still exciting um and it's coming this halloween so sooner than i anticipated something i think is uh really funny like on blumhouse's social media for years like yeah. at least maybe a decade people were just always asking about it, always asking about it, oh know, yeah that had nothing to do with it so now since they're finally getting it I did see someone ask, well, when's the sequel coming out? And it's just oh like, my gosh. <laughs> how are you going to ask for the sequel? So, but no, it just, it just made me laugh. It is. finally getting it, but you know. No, you're <laughs> right. You're right. Because you saying that reminded me of when I saw Halloween 2018. It Like mm-hmm. before it released, I saw it at Fantastic Fest. And the Q&A for Halloween 2018, Blumhouse, Jason Blum got asked about Five Nights at Freddy's. Like, that's how obsessive people are for this movie. And even Jamie Lee Curtis was like, oh, yeah, my children want this movie. Where is it? So, like, (laughs) it's going to be a big deal based on these years and years and years of Blumhouse being pestered about it. I mm-hmm. I guess we'll see if if everybody's satisfied come October 27th. Um, I'm very excited about this. I'm positive Zena is. John, you're going to have to weigh in. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Maxine, they just unveiled yeah. their cast. It's a it's a very impressive cast line announcement. It, oh, my gosh. Whoa. Yes. So just as, like, you know, set up here, Ty West completes his X trilogy with Maxine. It's a sequel to last year's movies. Yeah, two movies last year, X and Pearl. So if you need a refresher, X was the first movie. It was set in the 70s, while Pearl was a prequel set in 1918, and Maxine is going to be a direct sequel to X set in the 80s. Uh, Hmm. Mia Goth is going to reprise the role of Maxine in the 80s sequel being directed by Ty West, and A24 announced uh, everybody joining her, which is extremely impressive. So Elizabeth Debicki, Moses Sumney, Michelle Moynihan, Bobby Cannaval, Lily Collins, Halsey, uh, Giancarlo Esposito, and Kevin Bacon. Can't can't keep Kevin Bacon out of horror, yeah. Uh, Maxine reverses the franchise's trajectory through time to pick up with Maxine after the violent events of X as the sole survivor continues her journey towards fame, setting out to make it as an actress in 1980s Los Angeles. I'm pretty sure possibly porn actress based on everything that they've said, but we'll find Mm -hmm. out. So, Maybe. Yeah, production kicks off this month. Uh, there's no release date yet, but you can bet that's that's coming. Um, and then uh, announced last year, the cleverly titled horror western Oregon Trail. Oregon Trail, not Oregon 
trail is on the way from director Michael Patrick Jan, uh, who was behind Drop Dead Gorgeous in Reno 911. The film from Paramount has been rated R for strong violence, language, and some sexual references. Um, this film, the plot is, it finds young Abigail Archer friendless and alone in a brutal Montana winter, winter during the 1870s fighting for survival and to retrieve her one earthly possession, her family's horse from a gang of bloodthirsty bandits. It does not appear to be a direct adaptation of, uh, the game that we grew up with, but it's clearly riffing on that title. So I don't know. I'm kind of secretly hoping that somebody dies of dysentery. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be super upset if there isn't at least some sort of a reference. Yeah. Like, they're dying like, oh, at least they didn't die from dysentery yes. or something. There reference has to be enough. Dysenter- we, need, we demand dysentery in our organ trail. <laughs> we demand it. Wow. The only time dysentery has ever been demanded from <laughs> anyone ever. A phrase that we never thought we would utter until organ trail. All right, listeners, your turn. How many days before Halloween still counts as Halloween weekend? How many times did your family die from dysentery? You can call or text us at 224-475-1040. My family always died from dysentery. Because my, my wagon went as fast as they possibly could, and they all died from dysentery. Or did you not ford the river and you drowned? Or you lost oh, a, yeah. a, a horse or something? Some, some yeah, terrible... I, always, I, never, or I never built the raft. I always tried to cross the river, and they always floated away down there. <laughs> <laughs> we were bad at this game. And if you want to talk about Oregon Trail, sure. Uh, the number is also in the show notes, or feel free to email us at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, Zena is going to make all our lives easier in the sea of horror movie options. Include us in on what's appearing soon that we should be watching. So, Zena, what should we be watching? Well, first, I'm going to start off because I didn't mention this last week, but Slasher Ripper, uh, the first and second uh-huh. episode. Mm. It premiered last week on Thursday, so there's going to be new episodes every Thursday. So basically this one, um, if you guys haven't been for, oh my God, the last season of this series, oh my God, it was so amazing. But yeah, uh, they're taking the franchise back to the 19th century, and there is a killer stalking the streets, kind of like Jack the Ripper. So um, yeah, they're basically targeting the rich and powerful. So I think that's pretty cool. So far, it's already super bloody. I already watched the, uh, the first two episodes. They're... As always, like there's those actors that were in the previous seasons, which I love that they do that. So new episodes are coming out this Thursday as well. So then first up on Friday, the 14th, Renfield will be in theaters. So who's plans on checking it out? Anyone? You can't oh, see him raising yeah, my you hand. Can't see- <laughs> <laughs> I already saw I that not. some people checked it out already. And it's just like, I'm so jealous. And it seemed like they had like a really good time. So, but yeah, Renfield, the tortured, um, a two Dracula is forced basically to find his master's prey and do his um, every bidding. However, after centuries of servitude, he's ready to see if his life outside of the shadow of the of Prince of Darkness. So he's ready to start a new lifestyle. It looks like it's going to be a good time. Um, and then we also have Nefarious. This will be in limited theaters. So. On the day of his scheduled execution, a convicted serial killer tells a psychiatrist that he's a demon who can possess his body. As the evaluation ends, he also tells the doctor that he will soon commit three murders of his own. You know what that plot premise like sounds like? It rem- I don't think it is, but it, it reminds me a lot of Mr. Frost. And why has Ooh. nobody put Mr. Frost out on Blu-ray yet? Why? I don't That's know. That's the question. I don't know. <laughs> 
Then we also have on the 14th, Kids vs. Aliens. Uh, this will be available on Shudder. With Gary and Samantha's parents out of town on Halloween weekend. Oh my God, I love that they're giving us Halloween-themed movies around this time. Yippee! Okay, yeah. a rager of teenage um, house party turns to terror when aliens attack, forcing the siblings to band together to survive the night. Then on Tuesday the 19th, we have Night of the Killer Bears. You can own it on DVD or Blu-ray. Five teens... Five teen friends. Five teen friends um, with hidden secrets gather for a reunion at an isolated resort. Things take a dark and bloody turn when they suddenly realize there's a furry killer lurking nearby. And then, as always, you can check out uh, Bloody Disgusting TV. I haven't been saying that for the last couple of days or weeks or whatever. So, but yeah, bloodydisgusting.tv. <laughs> it's been some time. And then also, yeah. um, Screenbox, always available. Lots of stuff on Screenbox right now. And that's the Bloody Disgusting Podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at HauntedMeg. Xena can be found on our own website, realqueenofhorror.com, and the YouTube channel of the same name, or at LovelyZena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly Horror Narration podcast as we all try to keep surviving Creepaway Camp. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BDisgustingPod, or drop us an email at BDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Zena. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody.